Anyway, we're here this week to talk about San Fu because we're in that hot period right now. That's is that right. why that storm is popping up? Maybe I would say so. Yeah, it's getting a little damp, heaty, kind of a little blistery, summery kind of thing going on. Oh. Yeah. So, or dog days of summer. I've heard it translated that way. You yeah, that's try. usually how we translate it, or I have heard it translated. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when are uh, when are the San Fu days? All right. So we got San Fu, and so that's a Chinese term meaning San Three Fu, like hot oven like temperature periods. And this is uh, ten days apart because there's two different um, seasons. Uh, one is called Chu Fu, and one is called uh, Mo Fu. So Chu Fu is the beginning one, and that's this year it falls on the 21st of July. Uh, Mo Fu is on uh, the 10th of August. And then the halfway point between those two, which would be, you know, 10 days after the first one, 10 days before the second one, we just refer to that as Zhong Fu, even though it's not its own specific name. So these three Fu periods, we then refer to as San Fu. We got Chu Fu on the 21st of July, Zhong Fu on the 31st, Mo Fu on the 10th of August. But of course, that always changes yearly because we're going on the lunar calendar. And so it doesn't always fall on the same dates on the um, every year based on where it falls on the um, solar calendar. Nice. And interestingly enough, I would have expected the, the dog days, the, the hottest days to be peak summer, like, you know, maybe even pre-solstice, solstice right after solstice. But it's not. It's We're, we're kind of turning the page a little bit into fall, especially when we get to this last one. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, you betcha. In fact, you can see this mirrored in a lot of different elements, but it's kind of the idea that when you get up to the noon time, yes, the sun's at the apex, but it, the earth hasn't absorbed all the energy yet. And so you're actually just getting heat from above. And then down towards like noon to two time, the earth is also hot and radiating back up at you. So then you get like heat from above and heat from below. Interestingly enough, for those out there in the Shang Lun um, study pattern, I know that's a little bit jumping, uh, but this is a practitioner episode anyway, right? But those out there, um, a lot of people will translate uh, Yangming as noontime. That's not true. That is not true. Yangming should be the biggest, the brightest, and the hottest. But that's not noon. That's the afternoon. So noontime really should be the transition from a rising yang to a descending yang. And that's called Shaoyang. So it should start as Taiyang in the morning, Shaoyang to transition between the two yang, or the hub between the two yang, and then Yangming as uh, the afternoon blazes on with heat. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So what is the treatment? What are the herbs that people are putting on their bodies? Where are they putting it? So uh, the treatment and those, yeah, those are two biggies. The first one is basically like, um, maybe we should, do you want to go why first? Sure. Should we do why? Let's do, cause yeah, I think it, this would be confusing to a lot of people why we're trying to add, um, I'll explain. We tend to use a lot of hot herbs, but actually more importantly than heat is dispersing herbs. But it's true. We are using often warming herbs. And very importantly, we're doing something that yang does in our body, which is move and disperse. And because of that, we want to use the like maximum yang time to move and disperse to the greatest ability and also warm and also heat, right? And so we get this really cool um, phrase, as you, you pointed out earlier, this is called Dong Bing Xia Zhi, um, which is winter uh, diseases or diseases that flare more notably in the winter. 
xia zhi, treat in the summer. And this comes from a really key um, phrase in the Neijing. And it, this one's a really funny one at first because, you know, the Neijing has a lot of, um, it's based on really subtle concepts or kind of basic um, intuitive concepts, but they take it to degrees that are just kind of astounding at times. And this is a good one. Um, don't know chapter numbers so much, but this comes from the first half of the Neijing called the Su Wen. And the name of the chapter in Chinese is called Si Qi Tiao Shen Da Lun. Um, so the four qi um, regulate shun chapter. I'll shout out the numbers. Yeah, yeah they can you just search that one up. Anyway, so um, the uh, phrase here is chun xia yang yang, qiu dong yang yin, which is in the summer and uh, spring and summer, you want to uh, cultivate yang. And in the fall and winter, you want to cultivate yin. But when you take a step back as a practitioner, it's a little bit wacky. Like nobody tonifies yang in the summer. Nobody would be like, oh, I'm going to hit this person with the warmest herbs, the foods of the ganjiang. It just it wouldn't happen. And we all know if you heated someone's body up that much in the summer, you're going to sweat them out. You're going to damage the fluids. So it doesn't kind of make sense in a way. And this treatment method is one of the ways that it really does make sense. So when it comes to winter diseases or diseases that flare with cold and so forth, and you can see this with other things, not just asthma, but asthma and lung diseases are the most prevalent. But even things like skin, skin stuff, right, like rosacea and stuff, a lot of facial rosacea will flare mostly with wind and cold and so forth. And so how do we try and get rid of that? Well, from our perspective, it's use the coursing and basically anything that would stop the constricting of the cold we want to nourish that, we want to warm that, we want to disperse that at a time when our body is most able to do that by itself. And so this is using the timeliness of nature and what our body is going to do in that time period to our maximum right. benefit. Way. Yeah, it's true. Get out of, get out mm -hmm. of our own way, right? This is funny because <laughs> it brings me back one of our first conversations because you were not, you were a teacher of... I forget what, what class you were teaching, but it was not, you know, strictly in the TCM kind of bandwidth. It was one of the side classes that we had to take at school. We were talking about whether or not yeah, yeah. Uh, Chinese medicine was a homeopathic medicine or a, what was the other one? Allopathic. Uh, allopathic. As a student at that right. time, my thought process was, oh, well, we're going to use the natural rhythms of life and of the body to treat disease. And then for me, that was homeopathic. The outside mm. world is hot and young and moving. That's when you're going to add hot, young and moving. That's really true. That This is a case where you could arguably say this is a kind of homeopathy or targeted allopathy. Right. Yeah. It's only homeopathy if yeah. you look at its relationship to the outside of the body, to the natural world, and not what's happening yeah. inside. Because inside the body, there's still that cold. That's right. That's exactly right. And if we weren't struggling with the cold, there'd be no reason to heat. Yeah, so it's very contextual, but you're exactly right. We never treat heat with heat. But we might use heat times to help our heat work better. And the cool thing is, you can use gentler methods. You can use less herbs, which, you know, in general, the less herbs, the better, right? If you can use less herbs to get a greater effect... I mean, who doesn't want that? It's like sales pitch of the year, right? So this is that same idea. And we do actually do the same thing in Twena. I don't know. I, I, I saw some people in um, 
there's different ideas out there, but my um, advisor for both my master's and doctorate in China, he was uh, very well known, maybe the most recognized in the northern half of the country for all of Tuena. And uh, his his books start out with a phrase, um, like right there in the foreword, he says, the goal of Tuena is to use the least amount of force, the least amount of time, the least amount of pressure, getting the least amount of pain to then achieve the greatest yeah. efficacy. And so many people just go ham on Tuena. And that's why I think like, people are like, well, this is, you know, it's either like nothing. It's like a little like, you know, rub rub on the shoulder or it's like, like hammering in there. And you're like, guys, there's got to be, neither of these are efficacy based, right? They're just no, confusion. That's a good point too. And confusion is how the body's going to read it too. If you're like, I always think about it, it's like yeah. you're shouting at the body or you're telling the body a hundred different things and. It's got to integrate. So it's got to take a little bit. And I think, you know, it's, it's our Western culture that we think more is good and more, more is, is got to be even better. Um, and people think this all the time, like with, especially with massage, right? I see it all the time is that I'll have someone come in and they're like, oh yeah, like I feel like crap after my massage. And I'm like, well, that's not good. Like that's not a good massage then. They're like, and the range of motion will go down and like everything goes the wrong way. And I'm like, like objectively, this is this is not working, uh, and you can make great changes mm. with just gentle stuff. And I mean, there there is a point where you yeah. you know you might have to get in there and like wash out or like break up a bunch of stagnation. But if they're guarded, yeah. if their body is superficially not going to let you in there, it does no good. Yeah, and it spends a lot of energy. So I think a lot of us will know the the Yoda saying, "There is no try." Um, and for me, like this is what that's about. It's like the old man doing Tai Chi outside in the park. It's like he moves so slowly and so with so little effort and energy, there's nothing wasted. Mm -hmm. He's not trying. He just is. So same thing with the Mm. the body work. It's like whatever the least amount that will affect change is where I'm going to start. Efficiency. Huge. Yeah. Efficient efficacy is so it's not like you can't get it with brute techniques but it sure is a lot easier with efficiency right. and not everyone's going to respond well to the root techniques no that's and very especially true if they end up with that's us very true. usually it's because they've tried brute techniques they've tried everything else and stuff now last hell mary i'm on the brute squad you are As the brute squad <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. quote for quote nice uh geekerific um Oh, yeah, so yeah. this quote. To hit, back, hit that one again. So it says, Chunxia uh, yang yang. So in the spring and summer, nourish or cultivate the yang. But the key here is, and boy, this was a game changer when I realized this, kind of going back to what um, Azure said, is this is the way to increase physiology, not to decrease pathology. Boy, that's a, that's a, that's a game changer right there. So if you think about it, what are we trying to do in the summer and uh, spring and summer? Well, if these people are yang deficient, that is literally the best time to nourish yang. But what if they're yang excess, or you can kind of see that as yin deficient? Well, then don't rev the yang. That's adding heat to heat. But you can see physiologically, or what we'd call the yang sheng side of things, where there's not necessarily a pathology there, nourish, best time. But once there's a pathology... Like maybe someone gets, um, you know, liver rising headaches, upsurging liver yang headaches in the spring. Well, don't lift more. 
right? There's no, that, that would lift right. on lift. You know, can't do that. So the, the, the switch from understanding, oh, I'm trying to build something that should be in the body versus I'm trying to treat a pathology where we've already gone awry. That's where you can really see the difference here. And so you could arguably say homeopathy or mm-hmm. that idea where you're following the course of nature is how you build, but you often go against that for the pathology. That is a perfect uh, description. Thank you. You betcha, man. Um, so here's where we're also using that idea. So when there's certain uh, winter illnesses or things that are prone to flare in the winter, um, the biggest, most common one would be asthma. Um, there's also that phrase in, there's this phrase in Chinese medicine, they say internists uh, hate asthma and externists hate eczema because they're just like a big pains in the butt, right? They take a while to treat and they're big pain in the butt to treat. And so we've had to figure out different ways of trying to treat asthma. Because if you try and treat someone who's young, deficient asthma in the winter, you're already, you know, you're already on the back foot, you know, you can't parlay on the back foot. Uphill battle. That's it. Uphill battle. Don't parlay on the back foot. <laughs> we have another one. You, you can't fight with wet noodle. Is this a pasta yeah, reference? It's, like, um, it's the same thing where it's like you, you need to, you need to set up your strike before you strike. You can't do that Got with it. the back foot. You can't fight someone with a wet noodle. Which then would make me think that the positive of that would be you can fight with someone well, with a hard noodle. <laughs> better luck than with a wet one. Got it. It's the whole thing where it's like, uh, uh, yeah, the opposite is uh, is almost as insightful as Yeah, I was going to say, original. I don't think the opposite would be fighting with a, with a dry noodle. I think the opposite is just, you know, punching someone in the face with a fist. <laughs> yeah, fist, yeah. noodle. Similar thing. Okay, so we're going to tonify the body's natural yang and heat in the summer with yang and moving herbs. And do what yang should do, which is disperse. So we're going to disperse, and specifically, of course, we're going to disperse cold. Um, And so most of the herbs that we'll be using, there is some variation. People can make their own up. But by far, in my opinion, the most important is actually one of the gentlest and simplest herbs. I don't know if I should say gentle, but common herbs and it's by Jiazla, which is the white mustard oh, seed. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Very, very key. Uh, it's just a game changer. Oh, by the way, there is one last line to that um, quote in China Neijing. or from the, from, from the, the Neijing quote. Yeah. It's uh, so after they say, Chun, uh, yang yin, they say, and that means to follow its root. So the key here is, well, what's the root of the problem? Um, and tong means to go with or to follow that. And gun is the root of the problem or the root of, in this case, not necessarily even problem, but even the root of physiology here. So if the problem was yang deficiency, follow that and nourish and build the yang like this. But if the problem was yang deficiency building internal cold, then as a treatment pro- um, you know, treatment principle, our main job isn't necessarily even to nourish yang or to cultivate yang. It's actually to disperse that cold that's been right because with that cold there you can't nourish young in the first place. Yeah, okay. correct. Exactly. Yeah, and it'll just it'll always be a hindrance. It won't allow things to absorb correctly. Perfect. All that stuff. Yeah. All right. So that's the whys. Uh, and then, what are we doing next? What do you think? Well, I guess we kind of have described who we're treating. We talked about mm-hmm. asthma patients. We talked about um, what was the other one? 
the main one? Something. Uh, yeah. Rosacea for like skin stuff. But lung stuff is definitely number one here. Well, we're in COVID times. How about post COVID? You betcha. Yeah. So you could do, um, so like, you know, this translates to like chronic bronchitis people, all that stuff. The key here is, again, um, don't add heat to heat. So we would never, so if COVID, long COVID can sometimes show as extra heat in the lungs, blocked uh, ministerial fiery stuff. And you can see that with um, high heart rate palpitations, stuff like that. There's a lot of, in general, this was more notable at the beginning of COVID. And then as the variations and variants came later, it kind of mellowed. But in general, COVID attacks damp people a lot more than dry. And so this is where we often would focus on, you know, clearing the damp from wherever it is, middle burner, lung, stuff like that. Awesome. I have a couple of patients yeah. I'm thinking about right now with that. Yeah. Exactly. That and people who are really don't like cold. And the people who really don't like cold, yeah. I'm like, that was the first impetus of the thought was, oh, hey, it's summer. It's like high noon. The heat's coming out. What about some song food for these people? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So damp cold, you bet. Pure cold, you bet. Just no heat. Is there a line that we can kind of delineate between, you know, because the body's physiologically hot anyways. So a lot of people are going to have some heat in their systems. So is there a, you know, obviously if they're having like acid reflux or really bad smelling diarrhea, mm-hmm. like probably too much heat. Is there like some minor heat signs right. that we're like, oh, it's still, you're still going to be okay? That's a really good point. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's a comparative thing. Like, obviously, if they have no heat or yang left, then that's just yeah, that's it's a, a different game. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's some, but like for instance, you know, phlegm is a good one. There should be no thick phlegm, certainly no color to the phlegm. Um, so clear and runny is the standard. I call it nose faucet. That's a classic sign. Uh, and in those cases, you're like, okay, we are clear to go. But if you're starting to get even just a twinge of yellow, not good. Now, some people who do that might have the hintest of yellow on their tongue. And we're talking like just off of white. That's usually fine because as long as the symptom is still just totally watery and clear, um, then then you're good to go. Um, and this is actually a really tricky one too. Tons of different formulas can point to this. There's a really classic one called Ban Xia Xin Xin Tang. Um, and it's really confusing to people because it has a hot stomach next to a cold spleen. And for those of you who are treating stomach and spleen, I mean, like they're almost interchangeable from most, like the way we learn it. And yet you can have one that's hot and one that's cold and they're right next to each other. And that formula then has Huang Nian to cool a hot stomach and Ganjiang to warm a cold spleen. So stunning that it works so brilliantly, but that's the whole trick there is, um, I mean, I teach this to my Shang Hanlun class because I teach a classics course. Um, and one of the best things they, they can take out of the Shang Hanlun is treat the organ as that organ needs. You don't have to treat the entire body, right? Huang Nian, it's not like the whole body's hot, but the stomach's hot. Ganjiang, not like the whole body's cold, the spleen is cold. And so you're treating each organ as each organ needs, which is really confusing because everybody wants the one pattern that fits the whole yeah, thing, right? We like to simplify things, but there's plenty of nuances. Yeah. 
And if you treat each organ based on its own needs, it's a really... Well, I was going to say, I think is it's pretty common, yeah, to have that kind of uh, the heat over on the stomach side and the coolness over on the spleen side. Yeah, pretty rare yeah. probably to see it the other way. Yeah, I was Quite. wondering too, it's like, it's just the body wants the, the heat and the excess in, in the young because it's better able to handle that kind of stuff. Like it's more built. The deficiencies going to end up in the in organ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly with that one. And then it's just, you know, foo organs by nature are more yangy. And so they're so much more prone to yang excess buildup. So it's like, you know, if you block a stomach, it's got all the yang that's ready to build up. But then you think like, well, heart and liver are pretty easy to get some internal fire, even though they're dong organs, right? right? I mean, at least for me with needles in clinic, it's like I'm always draining the all like dredge with the gallbladder for that kind of stuff or or sand gel or yeah. Yeah, maybe small yeah. intestine kind of thing. Cause I'm like, oh, these are where I can move more efficiently the heat out. Totally. Treat the zong through the foo. You bet. But also super key for for instance, Xingjian, the liver sure. two. Yeah, the ying spring of the liver, the fire point. Oh my God, one of the two best ying, ying spring points on the body. And yet it's a zong. But like, oh, is it a game changer? Here's an interesting point too. I, yeah, we might not even be able to finish all the sanfu stuff, right? But here's an interesting point with even just shooting off on that one, which is when you clear heat with an acupuncture needle, where does it go? I've wondered this many times. Well, sometimes you, I just bleed if it's if it's actually that hot. In which case, I feel like I'm blowing yeah. it right out. Um, For sure, I would say that in in moving, uh, you can disperse heat. Probably, you bet, you bet. But you're not actually draining the body of yang or anything. And if you if you herb the wrong way, you absolutely can just wreck yang in certain sure. organs, right? And the shanghalin goes to great depth. Why not to purge in a lot of different cases? Because you'll wreck spleen yang and wreck kidney yang and, and so forth. So sanfu, we're going to do it on the hottest days. We're going to use warm and moving herbs to treat people who are mostly deficient, but also disperse some accumulation of fluids, it sounded like. Uh-huh. Fluids yeah. and cold. And a lot of these people are because of a long-lasting, long-term yang deficiency which is a deficient pattern, then they start building up internal cold, which is actually an excess pattern. And this is a little bit tough for people to wrap their brains around, but if you think about it, you can't tonify out cold. You have to disperse it. Yeah, and if, if it's a dispersing method, it's clearly an excess problem. So excess problems can be generated from deficient sources right. and so forth. Points that we use on the body. I saw a lot of back shoes, front shoes. Is that the general trend? Or? Yep. Yeah, it is. So back shoes. Now, of course, we're mostly, you know, classically treating a lot of lungy stuff. So the lung shoe point is really one of the one of the top dogs on these ones. Um, that would be a big one. And then actually Gaohuang. Oh, which yeah, is, the pericardium. Yeah, the three twin out. Yeah, but the, but the yeah, three twin yeah, out. Yeah. Right? It's the, what's going to be like UV 43? I don't know what number it is. That sounds right. It's ne- oh, you don't know. Yeah. Well, the Galhong shoes got a great name. Do you want to go into yeah. the the translation for Galhong? Yeah, 
So gao huang, gao is um, like a fat, like um, substance. So in this case, it's like a fat pad. And huang is referring to like this location behind the back. But actually, the key is it's like a fat pad underneath the heart. And from our perspective, this is like the source of all yang, which maybe is the source of all life in a human. Um, and the, the key here is, you know, if you go back to not even that long ago, 50 years ago, and from 50 years ago to basically the beginning of acupuncture, Zuzan uh, Li, stomach 36, was never considered one of the three most tonifying points in the body. You know, I always ask my, my acupuncture students that, like, what are the three most tonifying points on the body? Inevitably, number one point that's always, everyone, in the, it's like a, everyone will chime in together, Zuzan Li, Zuzan Li. They're like, well, I appreciate that, but no, actually, classically not. The three biggies were Yin Ning Chen, Spleen right. 9. Six. Yeah, Spleen 6 and Gao Huang. And it's because Yin Ning Chen is for your spleen, right? It's so essential for literally lifting the spleen yang. So that's where everything starts. Um, San Yin Jiao, get all three yin at the same time. That's what all those three yin ch channels and organs like. And then Gao Huang is the source of yang. It's the most yang tonifying point on our body. So if you want to tonify... That's obviously a big beast and, right there. And dead man, um, if people want to look, the the commentary on Gao Huang Shu talks a lot about dispersing, using it to treat phlegm. You bet. Probably. Well, then due to Yang. Well, they don't say that part. You have to know that part. That's the hidden messages in a lot of these things. We're going to tell you the answers. You have to figure out the right questions and the reasoning. Got it. So we'll just call this podcast between the lines <laughs> different lines and so forth um also a really key one is bailao um bailao point which is one of the extra oh. points it's uh sure. two and above two one swan out and two swan above from dajue yeah so it's a breathing point you betcha and i actually like um ding chuan right like point five swan from um dajue as well i think it's just as good but bailao is a pretty classic one so those would be some key ones. And people can do other ones. So nowadays, people will often add things like Zuzanli and so forth, which in my opinion really does make a lot of sense um, because it's very hard to tonify a lung directly. It's a lot easier to yeah, go through. Yeah, we'll do it through the mother. Do it through the mother, yeah. That's right. Compliment the mother and the happy baby. There you go. And then um, kind of how we're going to do it. So usually what they'll do is they'll pick, um, they'll, you'll do it three times. So all right, once and then wait 10 days, do it again, wait 10 days, do it again. And those three treatments would be one course and you do that, the same thing for three different years uh, consecutively, of course. And then that's kind of how you, you would do it the best. Uh, usually people just leave it on for about six to eight hours. Some people go higher, 10 hours. If you leave it on for too long, these sanfu tia, tia is the word for stick on something. And so our treatment method here is to use um, these little like patches, and you know what works great? Those things for corns. So yeah, like the in a, bunion, the bunion wrappy things that you can get like Dr. Sholey stuff. So it's stick a donut one of those. hole, <laughs> right? It is a donut hole. You're exactly right. Which is also yeah, gets us to one of the most hilarious American snacks of all time. I feel like I see American snacks differently now that I came back from China. I'm like really, someone invented donut holes. Obviously, they're not the hole that came out of the donut. Or maybe they are. I don't know. No, they're uh, not. Oh, because it'd be even funnier. 
Um, anyway, so then you just put those uh, centered on a point and you get a pretty good surface, right? What is that, like half an inch diameter circle over each point? So yeah, which points we picked? We said a lung shu point. We said Zuzan um, Li, stomach 36, Gao Huang, maybe 43 on the bladder there. Tian Tu could be a possibility in the front. Bai Lao Xue, which is that extra point on the um, channels. I love Ding Chuan, also 0.5 Sun from Dajue. So good ones there. And then um, what you do is you take any of the herbs that you want, you grind them up into a powder, and you mix them with something. Now, the key here is it's actually, you can learn a ton about topicals just from this one example. When it comes to topicals, obviously you need the right function, right? So that means the right, what we call chi or nature, or sometimes people would call that the temperature of the herb, but it really is the metabolic temperature of the herb, right? So the right chi or chi nature of the herb is key. You need the right function, but those are kind of obvious, right? It goes without saying. But then what else do you understand with, like, do we need to understand with topicals is uh, we need to understand how to penetrate it into the skin. And this is usually a vehicle. Very, very helpful. So some common vehicles that are pretty darn good are alcohol, which we know is damp and heat. So the heat is still really good. It does move young, so it totally would work. So alcohol could be a good vehicle here. Um, you can use something really neutral like Vaseline, but that's not a vehicle. It won't help penetrate into the skin. But you can use vinegar, which does have a slight astringing effect, but really what we'd be using it for is the penetrating effect. And actually classically here, what we'd use is ginger juice. So you just juice ginger, mix it up into that paste, and then slap that bad boy on. But from um, one of the classics called Zhang Shi Yi Tong, um, they talk about um, using the Bai Jiezi method. And again, I would highly recommend people think of Bai Jiezi as the number one most important herb. Whether or not they add others to it, totally optional for them. Um, and they talk about it, you know, if you go to the original, um, the classic, he talks about it being um, useful for uh, Leng Xiao, Jiu Fei Shu, which means like for like cold asthma, you want a Moxa. Um, fei shu, the fei, uh, the the lung back shu points, um, and so forth. Same thing he talks about gao huang, tian tu, um, and all of those. And then same thing, use them during the um, fu zhong, um, which is like the middle fu of those three seasons, and use the bai bai jiezi method. And so his bai jiezi method is to take bai jiezi. That's one yan hu suo, another herb. Two gan sui, super powerful herb. Three. Xixin, extremely powerful herb four, and um, grind all those bad boys up and uh, make it to a powder. Mix it up with ginger juice and slap it on those points. He says nice. it's very effective. Yeah. The and then we here, cover it with uh, uh, medical wrapping. That's exactly right. Like a saran wrap. Saran wrap, uh, tegaderm would be great. If you don't have any of that, even just a big band aid will help. Something to s stick it in there, especially the band aids that have. On adhesive on all four corners you just don't want it getting everywhere and then keep it on the skin for somewhere between six and ten hours for adults a lot less for kids so like two to six hours for kids depending on how little they are yeah and there's a couple of key things too is heat is to be expected a little itch is actually okay with this normally when it starts itching for liniments we just say stop take take it off but for this one it's reasonable because they're such stimulating herbs so the second thing besides choosing the right vehicle or the, the, um, the right uh, medium to get the, the herbs in is actually choose more powerful herbs. So you'll see here we use herbs that we would almost never use on the inside. Xixin is a great example. 
I basically stopped using that herb. I mean, just never used it herb. It's too poisonous. It's got, um, what is it, aristolochic acid, really hard on the kidneys and um, just straight up poisonous, especially in any reasonable, like a larger amount. Now, classically, we never used it in large amounts, which is why they probably got away with it. There's even a phrase in Chinese, they say, which is like, don't use more than one qian, which I think translates as three grams of xixin. So reasonable, but I still don't want to poison my people, you know, so just no point. But if you put it on the outside, a lot of the like more caustic or even toxic um, plants are really effective because they'll penetrate in and you don't get the, you know, you don't, the toxicity doesn't come in, but that moving um, nature really comes through. So you'll see things like foods, the chuan wu, I saw you pulled that one up, totally reasonable. So you can use any of those big bad boys that you would rarely ever use internally. Yeah. Another key thing is um, there was a really great doctor. I think it was Zhang Jingyue, but don't quote me on that one. I'll find it maybe one of these days. But he was talking about how baijiz is basically the number one herb for sanfu tia um, and this kind of external usage of it. And I really do think it's true, like based on my own experience as well. But if you go back to like some of the key um, functions of baijiz, there's one that comes from Ben uh, Cao Shi. And they say, the Chinese says zhu lang qi, which means it treats or it's indicated for cold qi. I mean, that's exactly what we want, right? So a dispersing, warming, phlegm herb that can disperse cold qi. I mean, it's no wonder why Bai Jianzi is the, the king of this, which is so funny. Again, like randomly, like number one, who would have put white mustard seed as the king of anything, right? And then uh, Yi Xue Ruman says... Um, so it can um, make people sweat. It can um, cause sweating or make people sweat. And then it disperses uh, cold chi, causing pain in the abdomen. Also a solid bad boy. And then the last one is um, from which is a modern resource, but still useful. And it says it can, um, which is like to... Um, suppress a cough basically so super you know useful for a lot of different things um, but you can see why Bai Jiezi really is kind of the king of, of that that method interestingly Bai Jiezi is so moving that if people take a large dose internally you can absolutely take it internally but if you take a big large dose internally if, if you're prone to any sort of dryness or blood heat quite likely you'll give yourself a bloody nose so it's weirdly powerful wow yeah I, I speak from, from a mustard seed I know, right? I bid by jizzed my nose once too, just playing around, seeing what was going on. I was like, "Gosh, oh, Nikes!" Then I had to shrench on my nose. It just, you know. Yeah, we are our first experiments, which is both a good and a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, depends if you're talking from the nose's perspective or not. Right, but you learn something, which is oh, the I loved it. Part. You know, yeah, but, but, yeah. We have yeah. great methods for stopping nosebleeds, so it's no oh. biggie. I'll yeah. take that. Dongwei made my nosebleed once before too. I know, I know. Yeah, so that's kind of how it is. Um, and in China, it's pretty simple. What they'll usually do now, instead of having the patient come back um, for the second and third treatment, is they'll usually pick like three points, give them like diagrams, and then show show them where to find them. And then the diagram gives them, you know, reminds them as well. And then they'll just put it on the first time and then let them do it for the second and third one. Oh, neat. Yeah. Nice. So it's it's a pretty easy treatment, and you can try and get a lot of people, you know, treated with it. Because in China, they'll just line up and yeah, see big lines. Door, of yeah, I've heard. Yeah. 
I wish people here had the same kind of uh, mentality about it because it's so gentle. And like we said, it's, it's hard. It's treating some really hard things. You can absolutely treat asthma other ways, but it is, it's a bit of a pain in the butt to treat it. Um, anyone who says they get a hundred percent efficacy on all asthma patients, honestly, anyone, yeah, just don't, but just, just big talkers, not doers, you know? Right. No, hundred percent efficacy is pretty hard. I'm pretty sure the, what the Neijing is like 90% is master. <laughs> and that's true. That last 10, that, that one out of 10 person is, it's tricky. Yeah, it's true. And if it's yeah. not tricky, I mean, you're either, yeah, I don't know. I, that's why I think like you, the most, most importantly, like, you know, big talkers can do whatever they want. They can talk all they want, but just don't be intimidated by that as a practitioner or a student because it's, it's not right. And it depends what you're treating. I mean, like tinnitus is a great example. If you can get 50%, like literally the best doctors I've seen in my entire life, uh, 50% is what they get for tinnitus. And that's stunning. Yeah. It's beautiful. Western, a lot of Western medicine sources say you just can't treat tinnitus. So shoot, 50% is a whole lot better than zero. Right. And the other thing too, I always think about is that whenever we get patients, it's not like we get them in the acute stage when it's early, when it, it would be easier for us to treat. We get them yeah. a couple of years down the line and it's like, well, things are going to take longer and you don't always have uh, patient compliance or their you know, dedication to herbs that you prescribe that they're taking or whatever so, whatever the homework you give them oh my so. gosh so true dude so true i was just talking to a patient uh, yesterday and she was um like i i just mentioned that one of our cool tricks for circulating fluids throughout the body is to use uh, shengjiang just fresh ginger the spring ginger in case anyone's keeping count um and for the, that that circulates from the lungs and the spleen it just doesn't hit the last third, the lower third burner. So you have to put something else in there. And the classic one is Yiren, or Chinese pearl barley, also called Job's Tears. Oh, yeah, sure. So like literally, you just mix that up like a half cup of pearl barley, like Job's Tears, and then maybe an inch or two of sliced ginger. Keep the skin on. Just wash the outside. The skin circulates fluid in your skin. And then simmer that up 20, 30 minutes. And you can you know make a pitcher, keep it in the fridge, and just put some in your water all summer long. You can do it all four seasons actually, but great in the summer. And like I was, I just tell that to people, but I kind of assume nobody's going to do it. Right. And then she was like, "Oh, should I do this in addition to the er, the, the 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 pearl barley tea that I've been making?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, she'll do like it's incredible. Like that sort of compliance is such a rarity, right? But it sure makes our job easier." Yeah, totally. And you really want them to do do well. Oh yeah. At I that mean, point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The you better get some good good efficacy on the compliant patients because you right. got no excuse then. No, but if even if you don't, you know, um, and you know what you're doing, or at least if you have a perspective on how to think about uh your treatment and not just following a protocol, you know. Yeah, your lack of success uh, or lack of you know moving in the right direction will still give you important information, and then you just change it up a little bit, and then okay, this is how we're going. Or I missed so, this part that now is really obvious because, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent, Asher. I agree. I think I told you about my teacher's teacher for herbs. He does that. I oh, about that. trial like herb. He'll, he'll give them like two days of herbs and be like, come back and see me in two days after this one. And, you know, they'll come back and be like, 
my cough feels 30% better. Or they'll be like, I'm pooping green phlegm or like, you know, something very indicative. Right. No, it's important. I think, you know, um, you, you're asked test questions in school and stuff. And it's like, there's a definite answer out there and there's just not. And it's like, yeah, I don't think, you know, you know, exactly what's happening in the pattern. You try it, you have a hypothesis, but you don't know it's right until it's resolved. And yeah. once it's resolved, then you're kind of like, Oh, I can, I can tell you like kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, retrospectively. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the better you get and the more information you get, right? Once pulses feel better. Well, shoot, that's a whole nother level that you added to your game because it's just more information. But, you know, maybe you got the pulse right and maybe you got the tone right. And you're like, okay, this person's like having a dry cough. You know, we can't see everything. There's like, what if they had like some old pneumonia stuck in one of their lobes of their lungs? Really? I mean, like some people are like, oh, you should be able to feel that in the lung pulse. Maybe, maybe, right? That's a big maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If if I'm looking for it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like maybe you just thought it was a deep, fast pulse for another reason or something. And it usually isn't as obvious as a deep, fast pulse. But like, for instance, a lot of cancer patients will be that deep and fast, really Uh, that like deep seated inflammation. Totally. Yeah. Nice, man. All right, Wonderful. I think we hit it. Sanfu, Sanfu, we Sanfu'd it. Yeah, got it. Got to put the English grammar on Chinese words. Sanfu'd it. We got lots of cheese. Right, cheese. Not it's verbed. Yeah, it's verbed. It's pluraled. Yeah. Sweet man. All right. Well, I'll catch you next time. Catch you on the mountain. Mm-hmm.